Welcome to Every Album Member with Mike and Alex. My name is Michael Mansour. I'm joined as always by my in the process of moving co-host Alexander Voltz. Say hello. It's all right to lose your heart, but never lose your head. I'm going to cry already. That's beautiful. <laughs> this is Every Album Member, the podcast. Advice. <laughs> this is Every Album Member, the podcast where we listen to every single album in the world, one artist at a time. That's a new discography, more or less per episode. And today we are going to have a lengthy conversation about... Thin Lizzy, I'm super hyped. I'm repping uh, Ireland with my Becky Lynch shirt too. So that's because everybody from Ireland knows each other, right, Alex? I'm yeah, kidding. they all know each other. Uh, Phil, why not Becky Lynch? It's all indeed. Uh, so before we get into any of that, if you'd like us to support us and uh, spread the word, you know, tell a friend if you would like. Uh, follow us on uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, all the things. And uh, if you want to participate, you know, book club style, send emails, talk about the artists along with us. You can follow me on Instagram at Pope Jesse Ventura, where I'll be posting ahead of time uh, which artists we're currently covering. And then you can send your thoughts to everyalbumever at gmail.com, as well as your suggestions for artists for us to talk about. Uh, we have a little bit of criteria for who we talk, cover, but if they're broken up, dead, or practically dead, pretty much that's that's got to go uh you can also follow alex he does pretty much the same stuff at mother puncture and if you'd like to check out more of thin lizzie after the episode or during the episode or just skip the episode and listen to the music there's a spotify playlist uh that we put together full of our favorite songs uh there should be a link in the description of wherever you're listening or watching as well as every we have playlists associated with every single episode and by the way episode 50 episode 50 oh my god in two Read weeks my mind. it's pretty this is pretty much our our year one year anniversary episode basically not officially until two more episodes so this thin lizzie playlist is going to be gigantic on my end alone i've i have 23 songs on there i don't care we're going, we're going big. We're going it's high. A, it's a big episode. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's a band we're both passionate about. Yeah. Uh, Dude, so. 50 episodes. Like, it's not a big deal. A year is not a huge deal. But like, when you're not, well, let's just say me and Alex are nobody's. <laughs> and we're doing this, this extremely daunting podcast of a discography a week for a full year. Uh, that's kind of big. I like it. I think it's impressive. I'm impressed with us. And like, thank you to everybody who supported uh, or who continues to support. Cause like, man, we have grown exponentially. There's like, uh, we have, I think we have a a strong core fan base and I, I appreciate the hell out of all of you. And uh, I don't see us stopping anytime soon. I just briefly mentioned Alex is going through a move. Is it stopping him? No, it's not stopping him. I'm currently broke as shit, getting nothing from unemployment. Am I, am I stopping? God damn it. I'm not stopping. I'm hungry, Alex. I'm, this is not, this is not cool. <laughs> this is getting scary, but yeah. I think, uh, I think that's why we do it. We're, we're hungry. We're not getting paid. Yeah. We're, uh, we're noticing the small, the small gains with the, uh, the, the fans that we don't personally know yeah. slowly getting there. So I'm equally as grateful to those people. And, uh, it's, it can be hard. It can be like homework, but uh, whenever we hit the record button, I always have fun talking to you. Yeah. I always have fun listening to the feedback. 
It's a good time. It's a good time. And it's it's very fulfilling. It's a big task, but it is a rewarding one. Hell yes. Couldn't agree more. And uh, I was waiting for when we would do Thin Lizzy. I didn't know because 50 is like a cool round number. It's like halfway to 100. I don't know what the hell 100 is going to be. But like I couldn't think of a better band to do than Thin Lizzy. I personally did not realize they had 12 goddamn albums, though. That's a lot of albums. Uh, I thought it was like seven or something. I knew it was up there, and usually I get people into Thin Lizzy. Like, that's my job. Mm. I tell people, no, you need to listen to Thin Lizzy. Um, I think they're one of the most underrated classic rock bands ever. They all fucking shred. Yeah. Uh, They're not held in the same light as their peers. Uh, They totally help pioneer like not just the new wave British heavy metal with bands like Iron Maiden and Judas Priest, mm. but like the whole like leather yep. and studs look, they were one of the first bands to do that. Everybody shreds like they're, they don't get nearly enough credit. And, no, um, no. and yeah, Casey chimed in when I asked people, Hey, do you, ha- do, do people have any thoughts uh-huh. on Lizzie? And he also agreed that uh, Iron Maiden solos would not be the oh yeah the same. He also uh, he also uh, pointed out a video to me where uh, it's this an hour long everything Lizzy guitar solo mashed together. Really, that's so, kind of awesome. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. So if uh, if people like Thin Lizzy, definitely look up the everything Lizzy guitar solo on YouTube. It's a fun lesson. And their solos are one of the f- best things about them. Uh, like everybody listening to this and everybody not listening to this has definitely heard jailbreak and the boys are back in town. And Every, yeah. Yeah. And those like those, you know, da, 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 like if you don't like that, I want you to die now because you are not a person. <laughs> you're not a human being. There is nothing human about you or you're a robot or something like that. Uh, but I'm obviously exaggerating, or maybe I'm not. You know what? Go ahead, die. No, it's it's fucking <laughs> wonderful, and uh, that's just one of Thin Lizzy's sounds. They started out as a completely different band, uh, and then they ended as a completely different band. And I would say the progression is pretty. It's over the course of twelve al- albums, so it's not like drastic. It's very they're they're like small, they're baby steps to how they progress through each album. So yeah, there's I'll, never yeah. like a a jarring uh, disparity in sounds unless you like listen to the first one and then listen to the last exactly, one exactly. where he skipped everything in the middle. And because but, of that, uh, and because of that, like I, I find, I found it very difficult to decide in the best because it's like not one is immediately jumping out as way better than the other ones. Like, no, they're all pretty good. And the same with the worst, like, well, I definitely do have a worst. I had to go back uh, and remove it from the context of the the chronology to kind of understand what I thought was worse. Because like one could be bad just in the context of in between these amazing albums, but not bad by itself. So it's like it's really hard yeah. doing a big a big discography like this because you kind of lose it. You lose you lose what objectivity is in the context of a, a solid band from beginning to end. Yeah, I might drop some uh, some hot takes with my picks, but me too. Me too. It was it was hard to divvy these up. I agree because uh, as much as I like Thin Lizzy, 
to me, their albums, there's always some stinkers. Always. Like, I don't think, I don't think they have any like start to finish flawless. They albums, do not. So that, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. That made it also really hard for me to be like, Oh man, do I, you know, how do I divide this up? And at the end, I just, I went with my heart. So. Got to go with your heart. Got to go with your heart. Uh, and I, I, I will say that I, I came in or I came out of this rather, uh, not the same did not. I went into this with like, all right, I'm pretty sure this is what I like the most. I'm pretty sure this is the best. I'm pretty sure I know how I feel about this came out way different, way different, completely surprised myself. And that's why I love doing this fucking podcast. So let's start. Uh, like we said before, then Lizzie has 12 albums, 12 albums. Technically we're going to be talking about 12 albums in one EP. First album came out in 1971. Last one was 1983. Uh, 12 years, 12 albums. That's pretty like, that's kind of a lot. Like it's a, it's a lot, but I guess in, it makes sense. Like our very first episode, ELO, um, I was kind of taken aback where they have a very similar thing where it's like every year they were putting out an album, but that's just kind of how the industry was back, yeah, back then. For sure. It was like, if you're not putting out an album every year, they're going to forget about you. They're, you know, all this, all this BS yeah, yeah. and the music business changes and with the times. So yeah. that's just, it was, it was what it was. Indeed. And one thing that's also surprising, it's like, Thin Lizzy is a band that seemed like they were around longer, at least in my opinion. I can't believe it was oh, only, like just over 10 years. Like, that's it. Really? They seem like they've been around for decades, but no, no. I think that's, even though they're underrated, I think that's like a testament to their songwriting that they feel like they were around mm-hmm. forever. And um, yeah, I'm, I found the... Uh, I didn't even realize there was a behind the music on Finn Lizzy that I found mm-hmm. and I watched. So I'm paraphrasing some of the stuff from there, but you get a lot of the, um, like there's this clash and I'm not even sure how to pronounce his name. I've heard it. Uh, Phil, why not? It's line it. Line it. Yeah. 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 Like this clash of him being a romantic, but also like this hard, like rocker. Oh guy. yeah. There's a lot of that. Fight. Yeah. And that's, consistent beginning to end sure is beginning yeah. to end um he's also had a very unique uh upbringing being a, a a black irish guy you know there weren't that many back yeah. in the there aren't that the, many now <laughs> yeah in the 60s 70s so he kind of has like a, a unique outlook on life and he's very much drawn towards um irish history mm-hmm. celtic uh, mythology uh, gangs, cowboys, yep. things like that. And those are repeating again, repeating things that are in the music start to finish. Indeed. So we're going to start, start it up with the first album, 1971's self-titled then Lizzie. Could anybody hear that? That seems very quiet. I'm going to crank it. Do it. There we go. The friendly ranger paused. I wasn't ready the bowl for this. Of beans, no, no. I, you know what? I've heard this album maybe once before, scenes. years ago. Completely forgot about it. Didn't recognize anything when I, go, when I went back to it. All the people's faces turned strawberry This blonde. is the first time I listened to this album. By the morning gate, the friendly ranger waits 
for the sun, making sure it's not So, one thing I noted just in time, within seconds of this song well, just uh, is that I know they're the Irish, but this is already super year. British. This is like the most British sounding thing ever. And in the evening shade, he climbs upon the sun. This may be like their most getting like, its glow. Song. Yeah. They go Which they on. don't really dabble in. They do not. Singing this song. Especially as they go on. Yeah, it was 71. So, very different from uh, the boys of Back in Town. This is a, a Back in Town, rather. Yeah. To walk down the street with my arms about your However, Linus' voice is already Linus' voice. His voice, I love, yeah. Linus' voice. So look at a starry sky at night Realize the miles To see the sunset Alright, since this is going to be a beefy episode I'm going to cut it a little bit uh, And now we'll kick this off Personal favorite Holy shit, yep. I was not expecting that I love this I album did think, I did think this album was a pleasant surprise But my issues... Oh, there's a lot of fade outs and the songs uh-huh. almost sound like not full sentences as like a, to do a metaphor where it's this like you're ready for it. And then the song, this kind of ends. Yeah, so there, I think there's yeah. some cool ideas on here for sure. Like, I don't know. How to, just, right, right, right. They don't sound complete to me. I don't know how to pronounce it, but it's ear i think e-i-r-e uh it's that's so wrong. good it's so good and it's two minutes and it ends before you even like wait what that's it like why why wouldn't that be longer how is that only two minutes and it's that's beautiful uh and then you get other songs wrong. like like diddy levine which is fo- a seven minute epic like you there's like a, a lot of range with like what they're doing here it's they're already very not easy to peg more psychedelic mm-hmm. than anything um but it seemed like they were going proggy. Like from this point, like, oh, they're they're gonna go proggy later on, which is weird because they didn't. They went the opposite of proggy. Yeah. Uh eerie, I felt like they were they're already like shredding to me on on certain songs, but since you brought it up and with eerie, I just imagine they're sitting around like, we should do an acoustic song, mm-hmm. but we still need a shred. So right. let's yeah. do that. Let's, oh man. Uh Shit, let me just fix this real quick. Uh, here we go. Uh, one of, go ahead. Keep going. One of, uh, you know, songs that I'm going to be coming back to and why I'm glad we did this. Look what the wind just blew in is like, yeah. even if you're a fan of like Jailbreak era, Thin Lizzy, this song is like holds up and that's is funny. for yeah. every Thin Lizzy fan, I think. And that's funny because that's my least favorite song on the album and I still like it because it, it has that <laughs> Thin Lizziness to it. I just really like the the unpredictability of everything else like i'm gonna put on that song real quick because like if you don't feel thin lizzy from this song out the gate then my friend you are That's, not a thin lizzy man this is uh look what the wind blew in this song will get stuck in my head yep Oh yeah, those chord chains right there, so thin, Lizzie. Yeah. It's not like super unique. It's just a really solid '70s song. I yeah, think. exactly. Um, one thing I, I'll, I'll mention uh, 
pretty early on is uh, Eric Bell. Guitarist Eric, Bell, Eric yes. Bell, underrated as shit guitarist from that time period. No one ever talks I, about this guy. I think um, because Thin Lizzy kind of has a revolving door of guitar players, I think every guitar player they've had is, oh, yeah. is amazing. I don't think they've ever had like a shitty, shitty member in the group. No. So uh, at least uh, technically the way they play. Right, right. Uh, he's real good. He was on the first three albums and I believe he named the band or he suggested the name within Lizzie. Do you know the story behind that name? It's dumb as fuck. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it comes from like a children's comic book. There's like a robot character called Tin Lizzie. And I think the band might've even been, it's a, it's a playoff, like the way the the Dublin accent. Yeah. So I think the band might even be pronounced Tin Lizzy. Tin, yeah, Tin Lizzy. But like, w- what made me laugh was the uh, I read an actual quote from from Eric Bell, and it's like, yeah, you know. So the idea was that the name the band would be called Thin Lizzy, but pronounced Tin Lizzy, so you get some controversy over what it's talking about or like how it's pronounced. And I thought like. If that's what your idea of controversy is, you fucking privileged bitch. Like, man, the 70s were a different time. My God. Also, um, the origins of the band was Eric Bell asking um, Downey, the drummer. Um, he, he saw them play and he only asked Downey to start a band. But he was like, he's like, no, we got to like bring in Phil. Like he's a great like lyricist mm-hmm. and, and all this. And Bell was kind of hesitant Interesting. about it. So it was so, originally Bell's band, really? Yeah, but he, he saw the light and he's like, God damn, this yeah. uh, this this Phil guy is real good. And for anyone that doesn't know, uh, Phil Phil Lina, yeah, this Thin Lizzy, Phil Lina is Thin Lizzy, like, which is kind of funny that I didn't even know it wasn't even his band, but it sure as hell became his band. He's a main songwriter, obviously singer, bassist. Uh, beginning to end, no, he's the guy. Yeah, no disrespect to any of the other members, but to me, like the the four most important members are obviously Phil. Uh, the drummer Brian Downey, they're the only two start to finish members. Mm-hmm. Eric Bell is because he started the thing. And then his replacement, Scott Gorham, who fucking like, yeah, change. Yeah, change the, the game. Head. Change the but game. Those are the, yeah. Those are the four big members yeah. to me as we as we go through this. Uh, what else do I, love? I really I really like this album. And I was surprised at how goddamn consistent it was because we said earlier that Stan Lizzie typically has a couple stinkers on even their best albums. So just how consistent this album was to me, I was, I was very pleasantly surprised by that. Like uh, the second track, honestly is no excuse. Gorgeous. Absolutely. Ins- love that song. Insane. That's uh, one of the standout drumming tracks yeah. on this album. Uh, the guitar riffs are cool around like the two thirty mark. Phil Lynott goes like full Randy Newton. Newman with the way he sounds the way this dude pronounces words yeah. and his different inflections. It's just, it's so great. Yeah. You would never ever in a million years guess that he was Irish. Like you don't, that, that accent never shines through really ever. Uh, I think it does like, um, is it on this song or, Oh, uh, this also the deluxe version comes with, with the, their EP, right? 
and the song uh, Things Just Ain't Working Out, the way he pronounces work, if you want to pull it up, that's around 155. 155? I will do that. I'm just like, why would you pronounce it that way? It's it's so weird, but also really endearing. You said 154? Uh, yeah, let's do 154 so we don't skip it. Huh? Or maybe my time snaps are off. Maybe. Maybe it was before. I'll just let it play. Well, it's it's still it's still faint though. Here's the thing, it still sounds like an accent, but I don't. It doesn't register my brain as Irish. That's what's funny about okay. it. Yeah, and yeah, that's a super fun music part with the the drums yeah. are all over the place, and then um, at the end he does something where it's like you and me, me and you, you and me. Like it's <laughs> fucking hilarious. Uh, I didn't think the EP was nearly as good as the album. Like, it's not. Yeah, and, and somehow like the production took a real hit too. Like the production on the on the album is pretty solid. Oh. Like it's pretty very clear, especially for that era, you know, early seventies. And uh, EP is like it's fine. Um, I and it's one of the that. it's one uh, and for the most part. And this is going to be a continuing trend. Guitar is usually secondary to to the bass on the first few albums. Mm-hmm. Like that bass is cranked. Um. The worst audio quality is the farmer, and I think the farmer was recorded before the album. Yeah, that's, like that's yeah. So yeah, the the quality goes down there. Everything else is is uh, solid though. Um, right, and then even even like remembering part one is pretty nuts. So remembering part one is the final track on the on the album, I believe, and remembering part yes. two is on the EP. Remember, yeah, that song. They're both really good. Uh, but like, it just seems so damn musical. Like we're as they go on, they kind of get more rocking, a little bit more straightforward. They simplify. This is like, uh, was it Clifton Grange Hotel? It has like, it's just beautiful. They they, they space in these these. I guess you can call them ballads. Uh, and one thing I will say, maybe a bit controversial. I don't think Thin Lizzy is that good at ballads. Like generally, same. Okay, here. all right, there yeah. we go. We're on the same page. <laughs> Yeah, if you didn't say it, I was going to say yeah. it, and um, I was going to say my last, like, two cents on the album, because we got a lot a to lot. go off. Yeah. Um, I think Dublin is their best ballad they've ever written. Interesting. And, yeah. And, earlier, the earlier, yeah. Honestly, the earlier ballads are pretty good, but as the album's going, you know, the, as they become thinly as, as we know them, they kind of get a little cheesy. But this album, I think, is fucking wonderful. I really love it. Um, caught me off guard. Uh Pleasant surprise. Pleasant surprise. Hell yes. And I really like the style of the band in general because, first of all, no one talks about it very much. And it's mm-hmm. completely different. There's, there's no harmonized guitar solos going on. It's just, they're like a standard three-piece. Uh, but a That's solid right. creative, and the writing is really good, too. And it's, I don't know. It's a strong start to a prolific career, I, I believe. Pleasantly surprising, a little rough around the edges is my... Uh, right. Uh, and with that, let us move on to the second album. This is 1972's Shades of a Blue Orphanage.
drumming truck, yeah. Yep. yep. Crazy long title. Oh yeah, what is it? This song is called The Rise and Dear Demise of the Funky Nomadic Tribes. Hey, shorten it. I'm about it. This is quite the interest. There we go. Really? I like it a lot. I am not a fan of this song. I mean, when I notice songs with like more of the tribal drumming, usually not for my. I don't know. I like tribal drumming. It's not the drumming that I have a problem with. Uh, it is. It's the seven minutes. I like long songs too. I can't be picked, motherfucker. I can't be picked. No. Uh, it's it's the length along with no real. It just keeps fuck like right here. It goes funky, and then it like it. Okay, I'm gonna, I want to. I'll let it play a little bit before I start talking. Also, a lot of, a lot of funk stuff. Yeah. The Lizzie stuff, or later on, it was kind of yeah. and so that song is seven minutes of funkiness and weird proggy stuff. And like reason why I don't care for it so much is uh, there's so many riffs and I just, some of them are okay. And then some of them are whack. And then some of them, like I generally don't care for funky stuff in general. Well, that's kind of being redundant that sentence, but it just, it's a weird opening truck. It's a weird thing to start the album with. Yeah. And, and it it just feels like an odd decision. I don't like it. Uh, however, the second track second track is Buffalo Gal, and I love that song. I have mixed feelings about that song. I like the waltzy parts in it. Yeah, I like when they say Buffalo, 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 like, Buffalo. <laughs> yeah, super fun, super fun. But there, but then it's like the rest. I don't know. It doesn't kind of tails off. And uh, yeah, Buffalo is another thing Finn, or, uh, Phil likes to sing about. Really? We'll, we'll be saying the word Buffalo a lot. Uh, this album, uh, I've actually heard this album quite a few times in the past. And it's because some of my favorite the latest songs ever are on this album. Buffalo Gal, uh, uh, Brought Down is incredible. Brought Down is so damn moving. Uh, I'm going to have to go back to that. Uh, I'm putting it on right now. Just uh, I'm going to drop it somewhere in the middle. Because it, oh, I love this song so much. A lot of acoustic guitars in this album, too. And uh, oddly enough, my favorite songs on here are usually acoustic heavy. In yeah, baby, maybe cause my baby had a baby by. I had this, this written down I was still drinking dry gin. Chatting Why today, but I guess it applies to this song, uh-huh. too. This man is the Irish you Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So right here when the vocals come in, the backup. And I'm brought down. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I won't be. <laughs> oh, this song is fucking incredible, man. Oh. oh, man. I love that song so much. It's one of my all-time favorites. Uh, and having said that, the rest I hate for the most part. Like, I think, boy, man. 
I think the first album does have more character, but these feel more fleshed out. It's this that they're less interesting. Mm. Um, I kind of like Babyface, uh, Call the Police. Oh, I hate both of those so much. Call the Police has some crazy drumming. I mean, I'm going to say that a lot because Brian Downing is uh, a certified G, Mm. but, um, and doesn't get enough credit. Uh, the title track, you get some of uh, that's kind of like uh, about how Phil Lenat was bought up. He's not an orphan, but he might as well be. He was bounced around a lot, lived with his mom, mm-hmm. then his grandma, and raised by his grandma and uncle. So he kind of has like this this orphan quality uh-huh. about mm-hmm. him. Uh, didn't care for the title track either. I- but the thing is, none of that compares to how much I loathe. I don't want to forget how to jive. It's <laughs> it is terrible Elvisy bullshit, and it's fucking track three. And like, dude, dude, El- oh my god, they El- never Elvis, they never Elvis played with that. What was one of his what? Was one of his heroes? So it kind of kind of makes sense. But that's funny that. because never again does he try Elvisy stuff. It's like this one song, and I don't like it. And. Oh man, I maybe maybe he learned from that. Maybe, maybe he's like I can like Elvis, but I'm this I'll stay in my unique yeah Bill Lanot Lane, which and, thankfully he did. Right. And then also it's like not even two minutes and it's like it's just this weird kind of did he it's it's like a total beast, total like outtake track. Like mm-hmm. and it's right at the beginning of the album and it's weird. And then uh you get Sarah, which is like one of the most over the top romantic uh ballady piano heavy uh and it's like it's it goes a little far with the romantic softness but it's still kind of nice and i think if you took out the vocals this song would sound like it would it would be in a, a jrpg like that's exactly <laughs> what it sounds like it's so damn romantic so piano heavy yeah like you said about uh the other song to me, Sarah does this kind of sound like a demo, but it's this, it's two minutes and they would go off the also Sarah version one, because they would go on to do another song called Sarah. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, so people don't get confused. This is Sarah version one. Yeah. This is a, you, you, if you heard the two, you're not going to mix the two up. They are completely no. different songs. Uh, yeah. about very different things. That's funny to me. I'll we'll talk about that more. But uh, this one's about his daughter, right? Uh, no, the, this is about his grandma. This is about his grandma, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so it's an okay album. It has some of my favorite Thin Lizzy songs of all time, but the rest, I, I, I really just, I think they're abysmal. Like it's weird. It's this weird, mm-hmm. completely two sided thing. And I thought this was uncommon, at least in our experience doing this podcast, where it's really, it's kind of rare you hear. An album where half of it is incredible and the other half is horrible. But Thin Lizzy does it a couple times. It's <laughs> real weird. And this is the first time they do it. So I would say uh, the Buffalo Gal, Brought Down, and Chatting Today are all bangers, man. Uh, Alex, if you like some crazy, funky, psychedelic shit, the opening track is also another one. <clears throat> and uh, Mike didn't like it, but I'm going to say also check out Call the Police. Uh, before we move on to the next album, uh-huh. I found an interesting tidbit. I didn't get around to listening to it, but uh, you know they're not as successful at this point. For some reason, they were contracted 
to do an album of Deep Purple cover songs, which is totally bizarre to me because at the time Deep Purple was very modern. Yeah. Like what's the, it's not like, oh, this great band that we need to do a tribute to. It's just like, yeah, what, what, I'm, I've never heard of that happening. And I'm like, that's so weird. And I'm like, there's no way this album is streaming. It is fucking streaming. It's uh, under the name, uh, the funky junction. And you kind of have to like go through it. Cause there's other things called funky junction, uh-huh. but you can find it and it's streaming for those who are interested. Holy I'm shit. going, I'm going to try to get around and listening to it eventually. Cause I like Ben Lizzie. I like deep purple. I want to see, uh, you know what it sounds like. That is wacky as all hell. Uh, but fun as hell. All right, let's move on. And to- yes. Something they did purely for money because they also felt like it was redundant. Like, what's the point? But also, money's nice. Money is nice. Food (laughs) is also nice. Uh, We're going to move on to the third album. This is the last album with Eric Bell. This is 1973's Vagabonds of the Western World. consistent with opening tracks. For the most part, yeah. This is more like a swampy... Oh, yeah. Those slides are real good. I still remember distinctly when I first heard this song. Very distinctly. Well, this is one of their uh, most popular albums. All right. So here's a fun fact. This was the first Thin Lizzy song I, I mean, first Thin Lizzy album I ever heard. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, and boy, do I not feel the same about it now. <laughs> I was let, I was let down pretty hard by this one. So this is a song with whiskey in the jar, which you mean the album? I feel like on the album. Well, here's uh, the thing: uh, whiskey in the jar is both a bonus track for this album and the previous one. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it was. It's not like this, on the actual canon, you know, nine songs or however many that are on here. Uh, it's just mostly yeah, included on here. It was released as a single against the band's wishes. Mm-hmm. They didn't feel like it was representative of who they are, but it's their first big song. Yeah, we, we you hear that a lot with bands like Run DMC was not a fan of Walk This Way. Right, blew right. up. Uh, kind of similar situation here. Um, I think a lot of people our generation um outside of boys are back in town if you went through a metallica phase your other introduction yeah your other introduction that then lazy was metallica covering yeah. whiskey in a jar i heard metallica's version of it when i was a little kid and i was in love with the song i was in love with mm-hmm. the song and then eventually in like passing, I heard the Thin Lizzy version. I was like, this is way different. I'm so confused. Like the, even the chords are different. And then uh, years after that, uh, when 
uh, when I rediscovered Thin Lizzy, I'm like, oh, this is just the best song ever. This is one of the best covers ever, ever. Because Whiskey in the Jar is a traditional folk song, Irish folk song. And Thin Lizzy's version of it is one of the most gorgeous things. Uh, it's This album it's, is worthy. It's just it's worth got, that alone. It's got gondola guitars on it. So gondola guitars? There's, there's, no, there's no bass on it. It's just two acoustic guitars. No, I mean, oh, really? acoustic guitars and... And electric guitar. Yeah. Um, it sounds like uh Linus playing guitar. And uh it's it's real nice. It's real good. Uh I don't know what uh whack for my daddy o means, but it's fucking hilarious. Whack for my daddy o Yeah. Uh what is it other other lyric? Uh restoring mama do mama da <laughs> Yeah, that's almost like that uh that Michael Jackson song he's or he sampled the uh, Mama say, mama sa, mama kusa. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot. Yeah, it's of, like one of those things. It's a lot of like, I I'm because it's such an old song, you know, a traditional folk song. There's like a lot of just like syllables, don't even, not even real words in there. But it's like, I don't know. It's yeah, an oddly moving song. Yeah, I just assumed the the odd words were like old, like old Irish yeah. or something, but um. Yeah, there's some good songs on here. Yeah. Uh, the the hero and the madman is uh, this more like funky psychedelic stuff. Hate it, hate it. Go on. Yep. yep. <laughs> um, the rocker. I think the the rocker is the first like fully realized rock and Thin Lizzy song. Here's the thing. I personally hate it, but I definitely get it. <laughs> I get it. It's it's objectively. <laughs> It's objectively not a terrible song. It's the first kind of rock and thin Lizzy thing we get, like you just said. And I, I see how it would appeal to a lot of people. Uh, for me, uh, it's just sort of like, okay, this is a, an, an okay rock song. And then that fucking nonsense solo goes on for like 10 minutes. Not literally, obviously. It. But it just, it's so it. long. And and here, it's, it's, it's properly placed on the album, though. Because... Uh, mm-hmm. Right in the middle. Yeah. Like Mount Nature said, the opening track... Love that song so much. I remember distinctly when I when I first heard it, I put it on this album, and then as soon as that first uh, phrase, that first vocal phrase uh, came on, I was like, "Oh, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of Thin Lizzy. This is amazing." Mm-hmm. And then the rest, and then like the second song is "Hero and the Madman." I'm like, "Ugh!" And then Slow Blues comes on. I was like, "Fuck, this sucks!" And then the rocker, Slow Blues, the rocker is like, Slow. compared to Slow Blues, it's fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. Slow Blues isn't amazing, but I. I think the uh, production to make the the drums sound like almost like big band jazz drums is mm-hmm. is an interesting choice there. And then uh, the other song I love on here, I'm I'm gonna creep up on you. Hate it, hate it. <laughs> it's so it's so I, ridiculous. It's so sleep. It's so sleep. It is. It is so. You no, know we're we're gonna put it on right now. This is gonna gonna creep up on you. Someone's gonna get pregnant right now. Listen to that bass. I like the way he says, "I'm a, I'm a good, I'm gonna creep up on gonna you." Gonna creep up on you. I love it. There's even bre- heavy breathing in it. It's like it's so sleazy. Yeah, yeah. It's got that wah pedal. I'm Dude, I like to think uh, after uh, Phil has like properly introduced himself to a lady at the bar and they're kind of like feeling it out. Yeah. 
like, you know, there's some consensual stuff going on. He'll be like, oh, I got to go to the bathroom. And then when he comes back from the bathroom, he just like leans over her shoulder and goes, I'm going to creep up on you. I feel like that all of it was consensual, man. You go you with a phrase like that, you're going to be creeping up on some people. Dude, with <laughs> with that voice, it's it's all consent. <laughs> uh, so much like the last album, uh, I felt this was completely two sided. Four songs I adore, four songs I hated, and uh, I'm gonna say "Little Girl in Bloom." I think is one of my favorite Thin Lizzy songs ever. I think it's one of the most beautiful ballads ever written, and it mm-hmm. make it to this day. It makes me sad, nostalgic hearing it, like because it's like a you know I remember that time period in my life. I remember, you know, like, you know, failed relationship stuff. And it's like, ah, uh, sure. I was listening to this band a lot back then. That song is so good. And it holds up so well. I might cover it. That's how much I love little girl in blue. <laughs> and the only song I like dislike is the last track, a song. I love it. I love it. I love it. It's so cheesy. It's so bad. It's so ballady. Uh, but it's beautifully written. The the actual writing of it, like the, the presentation is real cheesy. And this is kind of where they start to do cheesy ballads and where it's kind of like, oh, kind of kind of cringy. But I, I love the writing of it. I think it's really nice. Uh, if, if we if we fusion danced, this is a perfect album. I know, right? All the songs <laughs> that you like, I hated and vice versa. It's crazy. It's fucking. <laughs> but uh, also, you got to You got to give it up to the title track. Oh, yeah. 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 Great. Real good. Oh, also, great, great title. It's, yeah. it's long, but it's so unique. It's Vagabonds like, of the Western World. It's a great title. Yeah. Yeah. And like the um, album art is is perfect, done by Jim Fitzpatrick, who would do a, a number of album art for the band up until Johnny and the Fox, I think. Uh-huh. And yeah, like his artwork just like, fits the title so perfectly it pops and honestly the reason why i started with this album is because since i was a kid listening to metallica this cover was in the booklet of garage inc oh okay. and i always recognized it i never knew what it was and when i finally as an adult because it took me that long because i'm an idiot realized what it, what it was, I was like oh yeah i'm doing this like i you know that, that cover resonated so so much as a kid um it's uh it's interesting how uh fit fitpatrick's artwork is very sci-fi yeah like, you don't really get a sci-fi vibe from Thin Lizzy never the I would say yeah I would say never uh, and uh, it's kind of hard to avoid the re-releases of this album especially on streaming so I, I'm only going to comment on the bonus tracks because I've heard them so many fucking times uh, obviously you get uh, Whiskey in the Jar which is like you know a staple and then you also get uh a few others that are mostly stinkers, but I do like uh, Randolph's Tango. Once again, another weird anomaly in their discography. It's like very uh, salsa and like flamenco sounding. Not a thing they, they dabble with too much, but it's cute. The rest are like, you know, blues bullshit, but I'm only mentioning it because I've never seen a version of this album that doesn't have all those songs on it. Um, at least not. I didn't know we were... I didn't know we were doing that. We no, I, I, w- I would say we, we weren't. It's only because I, I've heard it so many times in the past that I'm commenting sure. on it. But uh, it's a weird, like, I don't, I don't really like this album that much. Like, I, it's, once again, has four of my favorite Thin Lizzy songs ever. But as an album, it's like, fuck, man, this is not consistent at all. Like, the pacing's all out of whack. Uh, it's, it's, it's odd. Uh, 
I think it's one of their their stronger ones. And I thought that before going in, but I came out with some some uh, some differences. But I don't even know what I thought going in. But mm-hmm. yeah, like you said earlier, coming out, I'm a I'm a changed man. Changed man, changed man. Uh, but still worth it for the strong stuff. Uh, let us move on to the fucking next one. My God, we are only four albums in, but we're we're not going to stop, man. We're, we're, we're chugging along. I hope this isn't a three-hour episode, but I think we'll be all right. This is 1974's Nightlife. So, when this... This is also an album I neglected. Same. And for a while, I thought I hated it. Right. But then... I think around the halfway mark, I was like, this isn't a rockin' album. No. But I kinda like it. Alright, alright. It is definitely uh, not the band that we were just listening to, and it's not the band that we would hear after this album. This album is right, is a full on trend transition album. Especially when you see it. Yeah, I'm gonna let you say this is a nice song. Super nice. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the cover is so metal. Oh yeah. A panther with like this cityscape, and the music is not. not. I didn't even notice the panther. Panther until you, you pointed it out. It's like, <laughs> fuck, man, that's funny. All right, let's 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 talk a bit. So, due to the departure of Eric Bell, uh, no, Eric Bell. made one of the be- one of the best decisions ever, and said this band needs two guitar players. Yep. you don't fully get the the full like two guitar player sound that no. Lizzy is known for. But not yet. You know, anyway, it, the wheels the wheels are in motion. Right, and having and said uh, that, worst album. Wow. Yeah, worst, wow. and it's not a, it's not a not a contest. Uh, boy, it was a contest for me. Although this wasn't in contention for me. For um, I feel like it's an appropriate title because it's a lot of music that sounds like uh, it's closing time at a bar. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's songs about these sleazy low lives throughout the album. So as far as like the theme of the album goes, I feel like they executed that pretty well, but the music is not like, it's a weird vibe for sure. Yeah. It's a, so coming off the last one, there's no, uh, where they were kind of just almost like teetering on the edge of proggy and they had a lot of blue stuff and Eric Bell was kind of a wild guitarist. That's all gone. Uh, you could really, I really felt, bell's absence in this one and then mm-hmm. after this is when they start going you know harmonized guitar solos more rock and higher energy we're not there yet so we're right in the middle and most of it is it's, it's really ballad heavy and like i said before yes. i don't like their ballads and then even their non-ballads i'm really fucking not into it uh this was this is when came out of left field like how did they suck so quickly after all those albums and i know what comes after this they get good again so it was like this weird how is this that bad? And I was I was actually trying to decide between this and one other one, which was the worst. I went back to both, and this was the only one that was like, no, this is God. This is this. I still hate this. This is like the other one. I didn't even hate that much afterward. Like, 
I like the opening track a little bit, and uh, Shalala is real good. That is the that's the song where you'll hear the whole like what Thin Lizzy will become. Yeah, that song just smacks you in the face. It's almost inappropriate to be on this album. Completely it does inappropriate. Not, it does those not. Devil pedals? Huh? Are those devil pedals? Uh. I think he does use because there's a few tracks on here like um, it's only money. God damn. The kick drum mm. on that song is nuts, especially for for the 70s. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This early on. Uh, some of the things I enjoyed, you know, still in love with you. I can totally imagine like Charles Bradley doing that song. Uh, wait, who's singing that? That's a rare appearance of another vocalist singing lead. Uh, I think it's one of the guitar players. Mm-hmm. I, it's either, I think it's either Scott or Brian Robertson. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am not a fan of that song. Uh, the same with like, uh, Frankie, oh, Frankie, sorry. Who is it? So it's a guy named Frankie Miller uh-huh. who is not really in the band in any capacity. He just sang on that song. Interesting. Uh, Another example of of the, of the really heavy balladry is Frankie Carroll, which I like the piano and strings on it a lot, but the song itself is not that interesting. Like, R.I.P. Frankie, gun down in his prime. <laughs> is, 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 it, is that based on something? No, I just I got that from comedian Ian Carmel. He just says that like jokingly when someone when like an old person dies oh. would never be gunned down. Yeah. Say yeah. That. Um, uh, it's one of the most Irish songs ever in terms of context. Uh-huh. I think it's, it's not a super strong song. I just really like the story of Frankie. Okay. Okay. Uh, even the title track is another ball- ballad pretty much. Uh, and then dear heart, like they're all just so fucking boring, man. Like God. And, it sounds fine. The production is clean and nice and the, and the instrumentation and the, mu- the musicianship is all good. It's always been good, but I, I would say damn near every song is just so fucking predictable. Uh, I like Banshee, but it's like a, a you know, minute and a half long transition song. It's like, and it's just, yeah. I know it's not really a full song. Uh, so I, I really only like two songs in the whole album and only one of them. I actually, actually liked, uh, it just it's it doesn't fit in. It's both bad in the context of their full discography, and I feel it's boring as hell on its own. And this is the only one that really irked me. I think, yeah, it's not a must listen, but I think if you're a Thin Lizzy fan or maybe even like a funk funk rock fan, it's yeah. worth checking out. Um, and definitely Shalala is a uh, Thin Lizzy classic, a yeah. staple in any greatest hits. So listen to that. And then uh, sh- I feel like you're not giving Showdown enough credit. I hate it. <laughs> Showdown. This man said Showdown is not. A- it's it's an actual showdown, a fight. It's also a metaphor for sex. Of course so it is. Of course it is. Fucking- hilarious <laughs> calling sex a showdown to me. is it not alex is it not uh no it's not but like fuck that's hilarious uh but this is uh yeah i think this is the worst personally i i can't take it not gonna ever go back to this one but showdown 
Apparently it has some merit, but uh, Shalala alone, at least Shalala. Uh, yes. Let us move on. Let us do now. This is 1975's Fighting. I don't want to give anything away too much, but I feel like they're Thin Lizzy now. I, I got some feelings about this. Uh-oh, uh-oh, Alex got some feelings. Alright, y'all get the idea. That's uh, Rosalie. So this is my least favorite. I think it's one of their weakest albums. But saying that, saying that, I gave it least favorite because I can acknowledge there is good musicianship. There is some good shit on this album, damn it. I, another reason, I don't feel like it gets out of second gear. It's just kind of in, like, all the songs are very, like, cookie cutter radio rock to me that's how i felt about the last one uh oh yeah but this one is far more there there there's a lot it's more rocking i guess for lack of a better term there's more uh guitar harmony stuff they're closer to thin lizzy as everybody recognizes them uh they do make some leaps there like like suicide yeah i don't really like it but goddamn that first guitar solo on that oh that's it's incredible what yeah one of the best in guitar solos if it wasn't yeah no i only like suicide because of all the guitar stuff happening it's real it's real good um for those who love to live love it. i feel like that intro very misleading it's almost like uh black Sabbath, children of the grave but then you just kind of get this this mediocre song how dare you i think it's fucking awesome <laughs> And it's like it's the it's also the first time we get those well, not the first time but like one of the earliest times we get those damn guitar harmonies. Mm-hmm. I, I love it. I love that song. So to me, the best song on here, and I still don't even like it that well that much, is Wild One. You're I like Monster. Go on. I like the open. Is it the main chorus guitars? I like. Yeah. The, I like those guitars a lot. Real good. The stuff in between, not a fan. Love Wild One. And also, I don't know how you can deny me Freedom Song. I think that's one of the most underrated Thin Lizzy songs ever. I think that's a I fucking was, instant classic. I thought it was a pretty boring, like, like, yeah, basically, track six, seven, eight, nine, I thought were pretty boring. But, uh, you know, I'll go back and give Freedom Song another. No, another we're, no, no, we're doing it right now, you son of a bitch. We're doing it right now. This is Freedom we're Song. This feels like a, a classic to me. I love this song. Tell the heartless story about a man named Jake McDuff. He believed in the God. This is total movie credit song. Fucking love it. I believe in the freedom song. I don't understand how, how someone who likes Thin Lizzy can't like this song. I don't get it. Personally, I think you're out of your fucking mind, Alex. It's not, 
like offensive or no, bad. no, no. It's just I, I think know. it's beautiful. I, I love those yeah. core changes. Uh, I also like King's Vengeance a lot too. I yeah, that's when I think the album gets boring. Oh, I mean, I do agree that Spirit Slips Away and Silver Dollar are god awful. Uh, yep. I well, I don't even think they're. But things I don't think they're as bad as some of the stuff on the last album. I still I don't like them, but like. The last one was just so consistently boring, whereas this one has fucking it has spikes, it has peaks. To me, the last album was like kind of endearing in the stories it told. Where like how do I want to say this? Like you could almost say like it's interesting in a bad way, like the way a bad movie is. Like a good bad movie. <laughs> That's probably why I thought it was bad. Yeah, and this one is just like, uh, yeah, I guess it's it's not offensive. It's just no, it's not not memorable to me. So even it, like, go ahead. Ballad of a Hard Man, uh-huh. which ironically is their heaviest song on the album. Oh yeah, yeah. still boring to me. I, it's not the worst. I don't I don't love it the way some of their other heavier songs, but it, it's all right. Um, so I, I when I first heard this, I had just come. Obviously, we just had just heard uh nightlife and i hated it so much that this one felt amazing i was like oh this is awesome again i love them they're they're great again and it was on it was in like the my 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 short list of potential bests went back to it, i was like not even close not even close but com- like i said it's it's weird when you take it out of the context of the chronology it changes like compared yes. like when you, when you listen to it in order this isn't that bad to me but by itself it is it's not it's not definitely not one of their best albums. Uh, but I still think uh, freedom song is great. And for those who love to live and suicide just for the guitar stuff. I think this is a, a pretty beloved album though. Mm-hmm. And I'm in the minority though. So uh, people should listen to Mike on this one. And because you know, I Mike is Mr. Mainstream. He's got the, the easily, easily agreeable opinions uh, <laughs> wearing my fucking deaf heaven shirt as we speak. Uh, one thing I, I, I should mention now before I forget, uh, it was pretty. It was a little bit more prevalent on the last album, but from here on out, bass is pretty much being a bass. Whereas the first three albums, mostly the first three albums, uh, Lineup was uh, doing some crazy shit. He was basically another guitar player. Uh, I I feel like that's because he he started off as a guitar player. You could tell. You could definitely tell. Um, yeah, and he kind of just moved into bass out of necessity. That, but it's like another Chris Squire from Yes situation. It's a guitar player mm-hmm. playing bass, and you could definitely hear it. And I, I typically like that. Um, I know a lot of people like don't like really care for that earlier, stuff. But go ahead. Everyone in this band shreds, and he's one of the best bass players for ever, sure, in my opinion. Uh, the thing is, I, I do think it's a very musically smart choice to to take a back seat to the guitars because what we hear later on, it's like, Oh yeah. If there was another, if the, if he was doing what he was doing earlier on and some of these later albums, it would just be too much. Uh, well, it also like he had to know that too. One being a, a guitar player, like he had to know bringing on two guitar players, what it would do to his, yeah, yeah. his bass playing. Like there's no way he thought. Yeah. I like, mean, anybody who's this good at writing like, music should know. Yeah. They're all way too music savvy to not think about that. Yeah. So 
Let's move on now to the big one. This is one that everyone will recognize. Maybe not all their albums people will know, but they'll know, just, they'll know parts of it. This is the one that we all have heard throughout our tiny little lives. This is 1976, Jailbreak. I'm going to go ahead and say from the start, anyone who doesn't like this song is mentally ill. This is the perfect uh, encapsulates like, yeah, me and the boys are going out on this town. He's always been like, uh, with his vocal style, really conversational, full on sentences. This album is the fucking peak of that shit. I agree. This is peak crazy, crazy lyrics. Yeah. I wrote down so many lyrics. This song alone has maybe my favorite lyric of all time. I'll, we'll talk about it after. after. Okay. Okay. Don't you be around. Okay, alright. Uh, so the lyric I was mentioned, I, I I had mentioned the I best thing. Oh, you know damn well what it is. Hey, you, good-looking female, come here. Hilarious. <laughs> did, they, did David Lee Roth do that too? <laughs> David Lee Roth did some gnarly shit. I'm sure. Episode yeah. 18, yeah. we talk about Van Halen. Uh, oh, but that, yeah. I love that. I love that. So that stupid. Good. Also, the lyric in the main chorus, I feel like, gets brushed over. Tonight, there's going to be a jailbreak somewhere in this town. How many How many fucking jails are in this Dude, town? I, my guess would be the jail is where the jailbreak would be occurring. <laughs> Just, but uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, throw out a controversial opinion. One of the most overrated albums. I also have that written down. Holy shit. I can't believe we're seeing this I die on this one. I'm really. I, I thought I was gonna get some some fighting going on. Uh, pardon the pun. No, this. Okay, this has some fun. Like the 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 bangers on here are awesome. Bangers, yeah. But the stuff in between, it's just it's pretty lackluster. Yeah, I think uh, people gravitate to this because it's where. Some of their their biggest songs are at three uh, of the biggest ever. Jailbreak, the boys are back in town, and cowboy song. Oh, you you this motherfucker just skipped. Emerald. No 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 no. no, like no. Here's the thing. That's the one that people like radio, like people who listen to the radio know. Oh okay yeah. okay yeah. Emerald is one of the best, most epic closers of all time. Emerald is fucking incredible. Yeah, let me let me build up to that. Yeah. So. uh Angel from the Coast, that, you need to play that intro. That's a crazy drum intro. I think they're like 30-second notes. The, the song, uh, not, the uh, song is whack. The intro is cool. This is Angel from the Coast. It's, it's, 
and it kicks it off. It, you think it's going to be uh, a worthy follow-up to the title track, and it doesn't. It doesn't do very much at all. It's pretty boring. It's not terrible, but it's a, it's a really disappointing second track. Uh, do like the, the harmonized solo. The guitar solo is pretty badass. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is uh, when they, they fully realized. Fully realized. Yeah. Uh, and run, it, Go ahead. Running back. Oh, run, running back at the end when he's like, Lord, oh, my, my, oh, tra la la. Like, it's hilarious. It's so running back yep. is is super cheesy. It's got the most generic chord changes in the world. Uh, it still kind of has a charm to it. I think it has some sexy saxes, which is like, I, I think that's this like Phil when not though, even when it's not great, there's always, there's a little bit of charm. Yeah, and, exactly. And it's not a bad song, but it's just really generic. But I think it's one thing I, I have to give it credit for. It's the first instance in the entire thin Lizzy discography where, uh, Linus doing the na, 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 na. And that's like a, Dude, if you know things, yeah. you know the na 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 nas. Uh, like those are those are so legitimately fun. If you ever want to parody or impersonate Thin Lizzy, you do the na na nas. That's like one yeah. of the things they're no. So for that alone, that song gets a pass. But then like Romeo and the Lonely Girl, it's so fucking boring. It drags, man. It feels so much longer than it actually is. Uh, I don't care for Fight or Fall very much. But Fight or Fall, not enough fight. But it does make me laugh towards the end of the song when they do the telling myself, telling myself, like, uh, that's pretty hilarious. This this album still has moments. And like, I, I, I loathe the intro to Warrior, but the song picks up like the song is, is not bad at all. It's just that intro that I, I don't know why I hate it so much. Yeah, Warrior is a track that kind of it grew on me uh, that I thought I didn't like going in, but I like it now. Yeah. And then it has a, a great lyric in there when he says, uh, my heart is ruled by Venus, but my head's ruled by Mars. That's some dude, great writing right there. That's We need to be preaching that shit, dude. We're different. Dude. Men and women, we're different. Okay? We, it's just the way we are, man. Our brains are ruled by penises. That's exactly what he meant to say, I swear. Uh, and then the, the big one, the boys are back in town. Yep. Uh, Holds up. I... I think I first heard it in Toy Story. So I thought when I was a kid, I thought it was the toys are back in town. Hey, hey, uh, if, if it rhymes, then it, then it, then it's, it works. Uh, it's got it's some great Story? lyrics in there. I haven't seen that movie like, in so uh, long. I forgot that. I don't even remember that. I like, uh, you know, that chick that used to dance a lot. Every night she'd be on the floor shaking Taking what, what she she's got. got. Man, she was cool. She was red hot. I mean, she was steaming. So... <laughs> Like, I love, I don't know if these are meant to be funny, but they're funny to me. And yeah. I think it makes the songs way more endearing. Very, very. And then another, another lyric I, I like in there is uh, Friday night, they'll be dressed to kill down at Dino's bar, bar and grill. grill. The drinks will flow and the blood will spill. Like, yeah, so good. Very good. And very the, good. And if the boys want to fight. Be better let them. Oh, dude! It's- <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I just love how like matter of factly these these horrible things are. Yeah, this dude is just having a conversation, telling stories about just the most gnarly shit. Uh, yeah, that song holds up. The hits hold up. Uh, and then we get to the 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 closer. Oh, cowboy song for one cowboy song. It's like it's like that's like warriors. Where I didn't think I was a fan going in, but it grew on me. Yeah. Uh, especially when he 
going back to the buffaloes, yep. he says like uh, running free with the buffaloes, and then does like a yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Uh, fucking hilarious i i really love that song it's extremely uh poppy radio friendly it really reminds me of freedom a freedom song from uh mm. from fighting not fighting i mean well yeah it wasn't fighting right yeah um yeah yeah it really reminds me of that where it's like it's pretty obvious and not very interesting chord changes but just the presentation is so damn charming and it's like i mean you gotta love Linus voice and uh, I don't also, know. I like it a lot. Another great lyric on there. He says, uh, "Lord, I'm just thinking about a certain female." Yep, yep. Just thinking about a. He could have just said, "I'm thinking about a female," but he put the word "certain" in there, and that just drives it to the top for me. The fact that he always <laughs> he keeps using the word "female" instead of "woman" is like it's part it's, objectification, but part hilarity. I think it's fucking hilarious. So good. And uh, now we can talk about emerald one of the greatest thin lizzie songs ever it's what like made me seek them out more as a band other than like the songs so that song almost doesn't have any business being on this album because it's so metal so metal it's so rocking it would almost fit better on uh johnny the fox or bad reputation but it's hands down one of their best uh yeah. laid down the groundwork for epic metal songs yep. it is uh, a must listen it is shockingly complex compared to the rest of the album it's proggy as fuck it's got it's the, bombastic it's got this big ass so much the, build up man it's so good the the 16th note beat that downing is playing is so fucking fast and it's just everything is yeah like killer on you, you think it's like this you think you know what's what's happening like the first time is like this big rock and building and then it that break in the middle and it, all of a sudden it's the most beautiful thing ever uh and it's mind-blowing to me that this song is only fucking four minutes long like it has the um, the, the intensity of an epic yeah yeah it could be eight minutes yeah. long, but uh yeah so once again this is yet another two-sided album like it's not as uh what's the word uh, dichotomized is like vagabonds were like, I love four songs and I hate four songs, but it's like half of it's really good. And the other half is like, Oh, it's just not, nah, it's just, you know, whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it's pretty overrated. I don't know why this one keeps it, people go to this one, maybe because the hits it, or something. I don't yes, know. It's, it's cause the boys are back in town was their best charting biggest hit. And at least, you know, we're coming at this from an American perspective. This, they would never top this album in America. Yeah. So um, I think with time, they're remembered more, more fondly as an album band over here in America, thankfully. But uh, yeah, during this tour, uh, Why Not Caught Hepatitis, cancel tour. Hey man, dude, with all the, like the fact that that certain movements have not shined an eye toward the seventies rock icons is super hypocritical because these guys got it. <laughs> these dudes went. These were these dudes were about it. These guys went around the world oh, doing shit like that. They worked hard. They fucking play hard. Yeah, um, especially with the newfound success in America, they fucking 
they loved it. They oh, loved yeah. Hollywood. They loved New York. Like, it's they, so grimy, dude. Party animals. That's what one thing I fucking do not like about Thin Lizzy is it's very transparent how much they love that lifestyle and boy i'm not that kind of guy personally i i don't like going out so it's like oh man you you really rolled into this rock star thing that's pretty fucking nasty to me says a guy who loves van halen yeah there's some very stereotypical rock star tropes yeah that they they went through that a lot of a lot of 70s rock bands went through but uh yeah, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? They still made some, some rocking tunes. Uh, but good album, great for the hits, but they can do better, and we will yes. get there. So we are now on to 1976's Johnny the Fox. I love this. Oh, I hate this. Really? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, maybe not this, this riff specifically. But as it goes on, I I don't feel like I'm spoiling anything. I almost gave this best album, but I didn't. <coughs> My heart. This riff right here, this whole section, this verse section, is like, did a 13 year old write this? Maybe. But I love it. Fair. Like that chorus is cool, but I was hoping for more. It just has the three notes and then it moves on. Yeah, this album does not, and there's a pun intended. This album doesn't have the hits, but I think it hits way harder. Uh, I think it's one of their heavier albums. Mm -hmm. He wrote this. He wrote this, uh, you know, well recovering from the hepatitis. Um, Obviously, commercially kind of failed to capitalize on on Jailbreak. But yeah, I think Johnny's kind of like a sequel to The Boys Are Back in Town. It's just a rocking good, good time about criminals. This was almost worse for me. I almost gave this Holy worse. Shit. Uh, but then I, I went it, and it, once again. I keep keep saying the same thing. Going back, taking it out of out of con, well, out of the context of of a uh, chronology. Uh, not that bad. It's not that bad. Mm-hmm. At least not what I originally thought. Uh, but the way it's sandwiched between the last album and the next album, I think is bad for it uh, because it's. For one, it's I, it's it's snappier and heavier, which is good, but also the writing I felt was just way way more basic and generic and, and it's very samey throughout the whole thing. It has that kind of angsty feel throughout the whole album. I will say that the lyrics aren't as charming as they were on Jailbreak. Mm-hmm. Very like I kind of went over some of the the charming lyrics on Jailbreak. Not so much on this one. Uh, you got songs like Borderline where he says. Uh, Seven beers in, still sober. Time to change to something stronger. Goddamn. That's an Irish thing to say. I think you got a problem, Phil. I think you got a problem. I mean, he does. Yeah, for sure. uh, Speaking um, of of Borderline, uh, it's super cheesy and ballady, but I actually like it. I think it works. Uh, Not so much as a ballad, 
but uh, as a written, like the way it's written, I think I think it's a good song. Uh, as well as the the solo section of Rocky is fucking real good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but- um, I feel like Fool's Gold kind of starts off like you think it's going to be an epic like Emerald, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, not for it's me. It's okay. Uh, the not really the title track, but Johnny the Fox meets Jimmy the Weed. Uh-huh. Um, the band is pretty much abandoned funk, and this is the first time we we kind of go back to the funk. Ridiculously funky. Uh, yeah, I think it's a good good track. Though. I I absolutely hate it. I really really hate. I it. Hey, I'm starting to figure out I that I I don't like funk. That's that's what I'm starting to figure yeah. out through all this. Uh, I fucking I, hate it. Yeah, I think it worked. Uh, and then this album's Emerald is totally massacre. Massacre's yeah. amazing. So good. It didn't hit me until like the third time I heard this album or the second time. I don't forget. Uh, yeah. Massacre's pretty all right. Yeah. I listen to that song and I'm like, Iron Maiden has to love this song. And like huge. And we talked about yeah. it at the top of the podcast. Like there's no way this song didn't influence Iron Maiden, and sure enough, they've covered it, and it was a big influence on them. Man, yeah, Iron Maiden would not have. Like, that's the thing. I'm not. A, I'm not an Iron Maiden fan, which is pretty controversial to a lot of people. Uh, and it's like if if you like Iron Maiden, then you have to like Thin Lizzy because they just pretty much everything. All Iron Maiden is is galloping and harmonized guitars, and well, Thin Lizzy kind of did that first. Yeah, and uh, also throw Judas Priest in there. Judas yeah. Priest doesn't have the like dual, or I guess in Iron Maiden's case, triple, you know, guitar yeah. harmonies. Or I found out there's a term, guitar harmonies. Guitar harmonies, of course, of course, it's that's a, a word. <laughs> Judas Priest doesn't have as many guitar harmonies as uh, Iron Maiden does. But yeah, if if you like those two bands and you're not listening to Thin yeah, Lizzy, yeah. what are you doing with your life? Uh, Sweet Marie. I don't know. If th- it sounds like a banjo in there. I don't know what it is. I can't really tell. It's really faint. It's only during, uh, I don't, there's like one, I, don't, I can't recall if it's the verse or chorus part, but like it has that, the whole song in general has a lot of really cool sounds and some so- some solid riffs, but it's just, so slow and tropical and it, overall I just can't help but get bored during it. Um, mm-hmm. And then looking go ahead. Uh, looking at the, uh, the tracks as I'm listening to the album. Um, Cause I've heard this before, but it's kind of neglected. You know, I'm looking at boogie woogie dance and I'm kind of dreading it. Thinking yeah. it's going to be like a, a blues standard metal as fuck boogie woogie dance is not quite a boogie nor a woogie it's it's pretty metal it's not bad yes and and yeah like i was saying before like i hated this one at first but it's i think it's just because it's sandwiched between two classic albums uh on its own it's it's not it's not the worst but i still think the writing is like it's kind of like uh jailbreak b-sides kind of it's everything doesn't Everything feels like something they've they've done before, but uh, worse, a worse version. Um, before doing this podcast, if you had asked me off the top of my head, I would have said Johnny the Fox came after Bad Reputation because, like, Jailbreak and Bad Reputation are just like where the hits are at. Yeah. and I thought it was like a one-two punch. But no, uh, you got Johnny the Fox sandwiched in between here. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, this is when tensions between Brian Roberts and Minot uh, were rising, made worse when Roberts injured his hand in a bar fight. 
and they had to cancel a tour. <laughs> and a bar fight. How, how much more Irish can you get? Oh my He's god. Got, you know what's funny? Scott Gorm isn't even Irish. He's from LA and somehow ended up in this this band. But I think it's kind of unfair that Phil can get hepatitis and cancel a tour, but um Brian um Robertson can't get into a fist fight in a bar. Seems a little little unfair. I will so. say that they're both uh very irresponsible things to get into. Uh, at yes. the fault of the person who had it done to them. <laughs> like <laughs> you're not accidentally getting hepatitis nor getting in bar fights. Yeah. So this uh kind of leads to uh Robertson kind of having a vague status in the band. Like is mm. he in the band? Is he not in the band? It's very, very confusing. So this element's not the worst. I personally don't care for it much. I'm not gonna go back to it. Alex finds a lot to love. Uh but now let's move on to yet another big one. This is 1977's Bad Reputation. A soldier of fortune came home from war. Got those scents going on. I, I will actually, I had never heard this album before this podcast, even though it was really? one, never heard it. And I, I was pleasantly surprised by this opening track because this intro sucks. Let's just be honest. This is a horrible intro, but the song kicks up. Yeah. I- Gave them credit for their openers, but this is not one of their best openers. I think it's pretty. I think it is. I, I like this song. Like that already. I'm already in. Oh, yeah. There's the guitar mix. Yep. Because that's the thing. Whenever I'm like, the song is weak, or I feel indifferent towards it, man, the guitars are always... Almost... Almost uh, every single time. It's like one of the most, almost, I, it's one of the more reliable things about this band. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Also, the drumming yeah. is always Very tight. insane. All right. I'm going to do it. Best album. This was in contention, but yeah. I I did some soul searching. Soul searching. And I, yeah, I did I, too. I just, yeah. Yeah, this. So it was in contention, but not not for me. I totally understand yeah. why, though. I and this is it's all. I can't believe I'd never heard this album before. And this is insane to me. Yeah, yeah. And I've, I've been I've been Lizzie fan for a while, and I've heard a million albums. Not a million, obviously, just a few. But uh, it's like, oh, this is. It still has like I don't care for uh, the woman's gonna break your heart very much. And so, really, I do you like that one a lot. I like that song. Oh, I, wow. It's kind of brings back the absurdity of like jailbreak. This is over the top. Uh-huh. Talking about what women are going to do to men. It's thing. pretty ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And also uh, Southbound. I don't love it, but I don't hate it. It's just sort of like in the middle for me. But aside from those two, this is, I felt like their most consistent album beginning to end. Like, yeah, it, it's not going to have, there's no, uh, you know, boys are back in town. There's no like fucking top of the mountain peaks or it's just one of their most amazing songs ever. But in terms of consistency, I, it's like, they're all real good. It's like, 
I, di- I disagree. I think after the boys are back in town, I think bad reputation. It's real is, good. Yeah. Uh, it's, and the thing is, I that's do, a, go ahead. I gave like Emerald credit for um, me wanting to seek out like more of them as an out. Al- album band but um bad reputation was on the the dogtown and z-boy soundtrack and like when that movie came out i thought that was like the coolest fucking documentary ever mm-hmm. and the soundtrack had these like offbeat classic rock picks like thin lizzy james gang yeah and mountain um so i listened to that soundtrack a lot mm-hmm. and yeah bad reputation is just that's one to me, one of the few songs, um, they're just turned up to ten. Oh in yeah, terms of technical ability. About, about the 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 title track, I find it to be pretty silly and overly cool. It's just so mm-hmm. cool. It's called Bad Reputation. Uh, it's, it's like it's perfect. It's Again, still it's real perfect. good though. It's still real good. Like it, it's perfect for a documentary about skateboarders. It, like if this fits in the. And the drum solos are unhinged, but like in pocket, it's it's crazy. Yeah, it's you know it's it's uh, damn good. Uh, also, before we we get into the songs more, uh, Ro- Robertson is only on three songs on here. He's not on the front album cover. Oh. But if if you have the album or the CD, he is in the booklet in the back cover. So. It's super confusing. Is he in the band? Is he not in the band? Sounds like some uh, politics in the band there. Yeah. Uh, uh, Opium Trail, it's, uh, it starts Phil's, you know, unfortunate obsession with drugs. And yeah. like you said, very transparent that he's doing drugs now. Yeah. 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 It's a. Uh, yeah, from this, like from not this point exactly, but like the, as the albums go on, man, like it, I start to get like, oh boy, this is this is going down a dark path. This guy is not gonna, it's not going to end well for this guy. And spoiler, it did not end well for that guy. But it did not. Well, no, but um, one uh, thing I'll see. Like, other, no, go ahead. Oh, the other big hit on here, surprisingly, is "Dancing in the Moonlight." Beautiful, not a very like. Thin Lizzy nope. song, but I think it's super fun. It's awesome. I love it, and I think even the sexy saxes in there work pretty well. It works. Yep. I don't. I don't know if it's considered a ballad, but if it is, it's one of their best yeah, ballads for sure. Uh, I think it's a little high energy to be considered a ballad, but I mean for their because the, all their ballads are usually really boring and really fucking cheesy, but that one is real good. Um, one thing I, I didn't like about the last album was. The the guitarmonies as we call them, they're they're there, but they're really like you know subdued. And then this one from the opening track, they're like, okay, they're back, they're back here, yeah. and get, get used to them, okay. And throughout the whole album, they're just so fucking great. Uh, back with the vengeance, really. And um, what else? Uh, I think I think downtown sundown is probably the the ballad on here, and it's cheesy. Mm-hmm. It's but I still like it. I still like it. Um, I think that's the weakest track on here. Really, it's not. No, I mean, it's not one of the be- the best, but I, I do still like it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, this one's like it didn't. So it, it's weird because like I usually, I don't know what my what it is about Thin Lizzy because I had this conundrum with uh, a replacements episode, episode twenty seven, where I was kind of at a cross between two albums, and one of them uh, had 
like the best songs separated by some stuff I didn't care for. And the other one was just consistent beginning to end, but no giant highlights, no really big songs that I loved. And I ended up giving best to the one with the better songs, but had some, some filler. And that's usually not what I do because like in terms of album construction, album flow and pacing, it's like, even if it doesn't have, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't go to space with how good it is. It doesn't go to the fucking top of the mountain. Um, I like consistent experiences. Uh, so that was kind of a, an exception. This one for Thin Lizzy, this album I think is the most consistent. Uh, I don't love uh, these songs as much as I do other songs on other albums. But uh-huh. from, if you're going to choose a beginning to end album from this band that has a million albums, uh, more. This is. Yeah, this is a. Comprehensive, yeah, consistent but really, representation. Really, Thin Lizzy is like you got to find a playlist or a greatest hits because over that's the, the best way to do it. It is. They're really a greatest hits band, but it, in terms of consistent albums that were released during their lifetime, I think this is the best. I really do. Uh, uh not just a might be a coincidence. I will say, if you're a band from the seventies and you put out a, a silhouette photo of your band in black and white with red font yeah i will probably love that album a lot really because, because uh us i don't even know if we're gonna get around to it but like spoilers like i look similar album cover king crimson's red this three dudes almost identical album cover love love that album hey king crimson's red i that's a big discography on the morning we're gonna get to it listen to red by king crimson it's it, it very spicy. It's very good. Okay. And look at the album covers. Yeah. Bad reputation and red right very next similar. to each other. Very similar. Same bad. <laughs> uh, all right. So this is my best. Oh, Alex, real, what, real quick. Sorry, I forgot a, a weird tidbit I found out. They kind of formed like a super group with Steve Jones and Paul Cook. Really? The Sex Pistols called the Greedy Bastards. And that gave them like some street cred with the punks. Interesting. And they they played some shows, but they only recorded one song, and I think it was like a Christmas songs of all the songs to record. Very weird. But uh, that's just a cool random tidbit. That's very interesting. I never, I always wonder why because I know, uh, as a guy who's pretty was pretty into punk, uh, they they really shit on arena rock and metal. They were not fans. Thin Lizzy never got shit on though. They, they, then this was always kind of like a pass, and now I'm starting to see why. Interesting, not just because they're really good, but interesting. interesting. They're getting into bar fights, and yeah, yeah, seriously. Uh, but let us move on now to 1979's Black Rose, a rock legend. The big, big swinging drums for you. Big drums. This is the first. Uh, change in production that we've heard in a long time. Also, officially, Robert Sinn. Say it again. Officially, Robert Sinn is like out of the band. Okay. Don't let them break you. You can do anything you want to do. It's not wrong what I say, it's just 
It's a very simple, sounds like very simplified uh, chord changes with guitar harmonies all over the place. This is a very amazing song. I love it. I think it's a great song. All right, let's talk. This is another song album. I was like, should I give this? I almost gave this. Yeah, so did I. I. Didn't this? It was between this and Bad Reputation for me. Uh, what ended up because this album undoubtedly has like what I think is the highest of high than Lizzie songs. And you this, know, you know what I'm going to say, you know, what song I'm talking about. Oh yeah. Let's build to that. Let's build though, to it. It's at the end. Um, this album is a fucking miracle because Lanat and Gorm Gorm were so strung out. They were really? so, they were strung out because they were depressed. They couldn't like replicate the success of jailbreak yeah at least not in america right. uk they always did real good in the uk but they were so depressed and strung up i have no idea how this album came out the really way it did because it's real good it's yeah. one of their best albums it's definitely one of their best albums this was my my favorite coming in uh and i thought it was gonna still be my favorite but really man it, it's just another vagabonds like we're Half like half the album is like, oh, this is the best shit ever, and the other half is like, God damn, that's weak. And the way it's paced well enough, or it's paced decently mm-hmm. given the circumstances, but you got S and M right at the beginning, man. That song fucking blows. Like I, I disagree. Do you like S? You like that song? I love S and M. It's has some of the like silliness when he's like, um, he likes to beat the ladies. There's nothing wrong with that, I suppose. And then they cue in soul singers to go, uh, yes, there is. It's fucking hilarious. <laughs> that is hilarious. I don't think it's a fucking enjoyable song, though. I mean, that is legit I just, hilarious. I, I dig it. I dig it. Um, and like another thing, Toughest Street in Town is not a terrible song, but it's way too long for what it because it does very little. It has like two chords or pretty basic ass generic chords. And it's track I, two when you're when after we had that fucking wank off uh, amazing guitar mini fest that you know do anything you want to it's like a such a great opening and then man it's just a here's, rough opening here's the thing about uh toughest street in town is you think that would be like a more metal song it's so corny that i i kind of love it it's very corny it doesn't, yeah. yeah it doesn't fit and then uh i like the juvenile lyrics on there i like when he says uh like a rat in the pack, it attacks from the back through a crack in a track, and you take a smack. Like it sounds like someone's first rap. Like he just picked. That is not isolated to that one song. This whole album no, is full not. of stupid overrhymes. He overrhymes in this entire fucking dude. The opening track, uh, people will uh, despise you and analyze and criticize you. But tell lies until they realize you were somebody they should have apologized to. Don't let the people compromise you. Be wise oh. to, dude. That's literally the verse. <laughs> every every yeah. word rhymes. That's so fucking hokey. It's so hokey. And then we get to, and despite that, I still think he's one of the greatest lyricists ever. Um, and then we talked about it earlier, but we get to Sarah and I feel bad because it's about his daughter, but it's not, not good on, on the streaming. It's called my Sarah. I think it was originally called Sarah, uh, just by itself. Yeah. They might do that to differentiate between the two. Uh, it's extremely cheesy. It's, 
really it's rough. rough. It's rough. Uh, however, before that, Waiting for an Alibi, one of their bigger bigger hits. Oh, I love it. I love it. It's a it's a great song. Uh, another very obvious. Hey, you guys are doing drugs, aren't you? Yeah. Song, but uh, uh, real real good. The the backup vocals in the chorus straight up sound like the police. It's hilarious. I I love it. The, there are elements in the band where I thought about the police. Yeah. Episode uh, five. It was, was that police. I think it was episode five. Uh, a long time ago. Long time ago. Uh, but the thing is, uh, I I mean, Thin Lizzy has so many great solos, but Waiting for for an Alibi, I think, has one of the best guitar solos of all time. So much so that I'm going to put it on right now because of how much Hell I yeah. fucking adore this solo. Uh, it's around 2.40 into the song, and here we go. God, I, that this is just so triumphant and satisfying. And oh, god damn, I like this band. But I don't really uh, have anything to say about "Got to Give It Up," "Get Out of Here with Love." I do. So I'm ready. I like. Okay. I like "Got to Give It Up." I think the it's verse, the verse specifically, the rest of it's kind of okay. The verse is so damn good. It's like, especially after the wimp fest that was my that that's Sarah because of how fucking. Mm-hmm cheesy and corny and wimpy it is got to give it up i gotta give it up gotta give it up for it gotta give it up uh, but get out of here uh and with love i don't care for them really i mean i think with love has some cool guitar stuff going on but for the most part those are those are real weak uh i think for for me the thing that makes those songs worse is it is making me wait for one of their best songs ever the only song people need to listen to on saint patrick's day ever. you're full you're a fool if you're listening to Flogging Molly on St. Patrick's Day. Get the fuck out of here with that. Dude, You, ro- what, how do you pronounce it? Roizen Dub? I don't know how to pronounce it. I'm just going to call it Black Rose. Black Rose. Hands, hands down one, one of the, the greatest songs rock and roll songs. Ever written. Ever written. Seven minutes of perfection. This yeah, song this starts what, amazing, gets more amazing, it ends amazing. Even does something like... That sounds corny on paper with like the, oh, we're going to play like an, an Irish jig guitar yep. solo, yep. like that very traditional Irish yep. jig, but it fucking it works, works and it sounds perfectly. great. Everything that there's like in the middle, there's like a, there's like a medley of Irish folk songs, uh, obviously stylized like Thin Lizzy, very rock. Uh, you got Danny Boy, probably the most popular Irish. And all of it comes across as amazing. None of it, none of that, a single second of this song is cringy. It's all wonderful. And then that main riff, uh, which I'm going to put on just the main riff real quick. Uh, If you, if you have any problems with this riff, I want you to, to, to quickly, quickly silence yourself, please. Because this is, this is the best song ever written. Yes. Best riff ever. It's the best riff ever. I, I'm gonna force myself to lower it because I want to listen. To, I already want to hear the full seven minutes. That's how much I love that song. 
that song is a fucking revelation indeed indeed that it's honestly like that was the hardest thing not giving this best is because of that song really yeah like i came for that song but uh do you want to S&M and waiting for an alibi are definitely worth, worth sticking around for. Yeah, but, it, uh, it's a real good album. Uh, obviously some of their absolute best songs, but the filler in between is just pretty forgettable. Uh, and like, like I said, like the highs on here are so worthy of best, but it's just not consistent enough. It's just, man, it's a bummer. Really. I, think, I guess it doesn't matter, but I think also knowing that, two of the members or the sh- fucking strung out mm-hmm. two makes it even more impressive. It is pretty impressive. Uh, I, I kind of want to say newcomers should start at this one. Cause, cause like it, it has all the things you want from thin Lizzy and uh, not every song is a winner, but if, if you're a casual listener, you're not really an album person. Generally, you're not going to be, you're going to be skipping, skipping around anyway. And the highs on here are so damn high. Yes. I mean, yeah, it ranks pretty, pretty high for me personally, if we did a ranking system. Yeah. So, so I would agree with that, that it is a, uh, if you don't need the hits, if you don't need something familiar and you're here for riffage and good times, yeah. this is, this is a great starting point, I think. Oh yeah. So let's move on. We are now in the decade of the eighties. Now China fucking Ooh. Thin Lizzy's as an eighties band now. And this is 1980s Chinatown. I had never listened to this album. Never. I was real scared to. Not that bad. Not that bad. Pretty enjoyable. Pretty all right. Also, this sounds pretty 80s out, out the gate, but I'm all right with that. Yeah, the 80s production starts to seep in. So this is a, a strong, solid track, but it doesn't, it's not anything special. No, it's not one of, one of the classics. It doesn't do a whole lot of things. It's just, it's decent. It's bringing me down. It's driving me mad. Woman is away from me. We will be strong. Also continue their their uh, downward spiral in the Americas. That makes sense. That that course is pretty pretty dramatic. Uh, but yeah, you don't hear too much about these these last three albums in the states very much. Uh, however, I will say I used to share a rehearsal studio with this uh, this couple. And the guy was, uh, he was an Irish guy, really smart guy, really interesting guy, had great taste in music. This album was both of their favorite Thin Lizzy albums. You know, I could see how it developed a, uh, a like cult following because, he, yeah, I thought it was going to be awful. Even like the album cover is off putting a little bit, like. Yeah, it seems off. Chinese dragon. But, it has the Chinese font. You know, if you've ever been to but, any Chinese restaurant. So you're like, that first song's okay, but I think the title track yep. is real, real, real fucking good. Real good. Real I wanna, good. I, I want to know what was going down in Chinatown in the 70s and 80s because Chinatowns just sound like a wild place whenever. Yeah. 
You watch like Big Trouble and Little. There's lots of oh, yeah. references. Or in the movie culture. Chinatown. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's Chinatown, Jack. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I want to know what the fuck was going on in Chinatowns. Uh, so that's real good. Uh, this is again very obvious. Hey, uh, you're on drugs. You wrote a fucking song called Sugar Blues. And I and what? I don't even like the song, man. Oh boy, it's it's this really straightforward, fast, very obvious. It's about cocaine. Yeah. You might as well have called it booger sugar blues. It's, <laughs> it's not really fooling anyone. Yeah. Uh, so, like, I don't, I don't hate the album at all, but it, it's like it, it kind of sounds even less like Thin Lizzy somehow. Like. Lennon's singing is exact, is exactly the same. The guitar monies are in full force, but the whole album is is way faster. The drums are kind of fucking eighties and fake sounding. Uh, it's all the coke, man. It's all the coke. Uh, every pretty much every song on here is is very samey. They all have the same kind of uh, mood happening. There's not a lot of uh, well, it was like the last album had uh, the rocking good times, the the kind of more mellow stuff. Like they've never been super. They never had a great range with their style, mm-hmm. but it always felt different enough. From this point onward, it feels like they're they're kind of like falling back in the same types of chord changes, the same types of songs. Uh, but I still like it. Like even though this to me sounds like someone hired a band to sound like Thin Lizzy, this what this album sounds like to me. It's still not that bad. My only my main problem is that every song is way too fucking long. Everything drags. Like it, it, everything starts out kind of decent enough, but then it just—they're not long songs, but they—they're just long for what they're doing. Okay, yeah, I never—I didn't have that thought during this album. Um, going back to the production and being coked out, "Killer on the Loose." I think you need to play a little bit of that. Phil's vocal performance is at a ten. Not that he's like yelling in the way that we we know yelling now on on like modern metal but it's it's like he's yelling at you the whole time it's it's at a 10 i hope he was on cocaine when he recorded this song this, it is one of his crazier vocal performances i think this is killer. not that it's technically impressive right it's just like holy shit you you had to be on one when you did this, this is killer on the loose mm. This was oddly one of my lesser favorite songs too on the album. Really? I think it's one of the stronger ones. Never gonna get to those vocals. Never gonna get to those vocals. God damn it. (laughs) Kind of that yeah. Just yelling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Lot burn. <laughs> oh man. I do like Lennon's voice a lot, but uh, yeah, there's like, I don't know about this album. It's like, it's solid throughout. There's very few actual bad parts, uh, but it's just so straightforward and 80s sounding that it is. 
it's like, it is very sh- straightforward. I agree. With yeah. You. Uh, it's so straightforward that every song eventually it's like, okay, yeah, you played this, this chorus twice already. Do we have to, can we end the song now? That's like, that's pretty much what I felt from beginning to end. Um, it's faster. It's simpler. Uh, it's not crazy memorable, but it's also not bad. Um, I like, uh, going back to lyrics that make me laugh. I like having a good time. Yeah. Me and my buddies, we're going to get drunk. We're going to go out on the town. We're going to be checking it out. Slipping it in and stepping out of line. Fucking hilarious. I do like that song too. It's not bad. <laughs> Fucking it. And then uh, Genocide really loves buff- buffaloes. It's literally like- in the name. It's called Genocide, the killing of the buffalo. We don't take kindly to that around here. As he's one to remind us. Yeah. Uh, but that might be the last time he sings about buffaloes. I think so. But uh, yeah. Uh, I don't really get the cult following this album so much. It's fine, but I mean, there's so I, many albums I to choose from. More any album that's like not awful and like doesn't get any kind of love. I feel like people are gonna kind that, of yeah, rally around it. It's a recipe uh, for for a cult album for sure. Uh, but other than that, fast. That's like my the thing I took away the most from this album. It's the fast one, like the one of the one of the more fast ones. It's like it's still the the simplistic writing of the previous couple albums, but just higher energy. Um, but now we are on to man two left. We're we're almost there. Fucking a, is a whew. I'm gonna need some throat coat after this episode. This is 1981's Renegade. I'm gonna pop a. Uh, what are those little little like throat lodging things? Lozenges too. For sure. 1981, Renegade. Ooh, we got that fucking build up. I'm interested. Yeah. I'm interested, but I get let down. Takes a second to start. Also, this song is called Angel of Death. This is, or no, sorry. This song doesn't let me down. This is like one of the few songs I like on the album. This is one of the more metal things I think they've ever done. Yes. Or like the first, like, okay. Also, for anybody watching the video, I now have 10% in my camera, so if my face goes out, you know what happened. <laughs> Yeah, this uh, it's not up there with Black Rose or Emerald, but it's a pretty good galloping epic yeah. Yeah. in yeah. the third, third epic song category. Yeah, it's pretty long too. It's like six minutes, something like that. I seen the fire starting to the heaviest they've been in a while this is that's like the the main takeaway i got from this pretty pretty damn heavy so i don't have a lot of air by process of elimination i don't have a lot of places to go this is their worst album interesting interesting i think it's real bloated it's real boring yeah i think a lot of that has to do with 
uh, Phil was working on his second solo album, and he recruited Thin Lizzy to work on his, well, like, why is it a solo album? Mm. And they were recording both at the same time, and they didn't know what was going to end up on his solo album or what was going to end up on the Thin Lizzy album. So I think because the confusion and this is kind of like a weird scenario to be put into, I don't think they were fully bought into either album Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because it's like, what's the, what's the vision here? If we're just in the studio recording songs, what are like, what are we going for? How do we separate them? It's certainly uh, a nonsensical album because like the first few tracks make you think oh they're a full-on metal band now and then then you get to fucking hollywood which is garbage generic 80s rock horseshit i fucking hate it and then like that was like the only song that like tracked for them off off here was hollywood mm -hmm. and then then you get mexican blood which is so cheesy so damn cheesy mexican blood they just put the word mexican in front of things yeah they put the word mexican in front of everything it makes like is it now mexican now that you said it was a mexican insert noun like jesus christ and then um yeah i like when he says he'll drink a little tequila and then you got the stupid percussion fucking makes me laugh it's so cringy dude it's when it's not the worst song i've ever done but it is not great uh the the only other song I liked, you talked about it a little bit, is uh, Pressure Will Blow. I think yeah. the first two songs on here are real good. Everything yeah. else is is real fucking boring to me. Yeah, the um, first three, first three tracks are definitely the best. Uh, I don't I don't title, I don't mind. Uh, it's getting dangerous either as a closer. Okay. Yeah. I think the title track is the perfect example. It's just bloated. It goes on way too long. It does. It, yeah, it's another six minute song. It's it's very long. One the the biggest takeaway I got from this, aside from it being really fucking weird and uh disjointed sounding, uh Phil sounds like he's sixty. He has aged thirty fucking years since the last album. <laughs> I have no idea what happened, but when he sings lower Drugs Drugs and the booze, uh, I'm gonna put on it, it's it's more prominent on the quieter tracks. So I'm gonna tr- I'm gonna put on a little bit of uh the title track because you can definitely hear it there. Um. Yeah, listen to his voice on this. It it's rough. This song is one of the longest six minutes of my life. I don't mind it, but it is definitely too too long. He's just a boy. That is just a boy. If you do a shot every time he sings boy, boy. you will be drunk on any oh, yeah. album. Still not as drunk as him. Look at his, his voice, dude. It's ugh. I mean, we're pretty much a yeah. real, like, indulgent drug use, too. Yeah, it's uh it's not great. Uh this one, like I didn't I didn't really hate it. I didn't think it was the worst, obviously, but definite drop off from the last one, which I thought was just good. Yeah. Uh, that's the second half is so song. fucking weird. Yeah. We're going not a good song, but I do like the bass Cause it sounds like a, a like up bass on there. And I do like when he says, uh, jazz razzmatazz. <laughs> Hilarious. I don't mind the title track. I think it's too long, but it's not, it's not bad for me. Oh, one thing I forgot to mention with uh, the pressure will, will, will blow. Uh, 
is like first it starts off as like the one of the most metal things that they've done and then at fucking two minutes in they turn into craft work you 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 gotta pull that let me let yeah me i do this is this is uh two minutes into the pressure will blow where one second here we go I don't know why it reminds me of that. Really? Right here. It sounds so much like Kraftwerk to me. Yeah. It's so poppy with those. Like right here. This is so Kraftwerk. Or if you played it on keyboard instead of guitar. And it still sounds that way because now they have. Uh, they do have a keyboard player. And I got to say, that keyboard solo in Angel of Death is insane. It's completely mm-hmm. insane. It's very cool. Uh, the uh, keyboard player, Darren Wharton, I think he was only like 18 or 19, too. So, uh-huh. so that's, that's, that's very young. Crazy. Yeah. And then uh, I got a crazy, crazy story about this album that this happened. Uh, getting my mail forwarded to to hillary's address because i'm just not sure where i'm gonna be hillary is a friend of the show and a friend of ours i went to go pick up my mail i was listening to this album on the way i'm like i love to like talk but you know i gotta go gotta work on on thin lizzie yeah and she's like they covered one of my dad's songs i didn't even know her dad was a fucking musician hillary's dad's a musician (laughs) Yes, so that was already shocking. And then I I was like, what song? She's like, Trouble Boys. And I looked it up, and it was recorded for the greatest hits that came after this. Uh-huh. But it's on reissues of Renegade. It's called Trouble Boys, written by Billy Brenner. And I was like, holy shit, I was listening to Renegades on the way over here. What are the fucking odds? It's just like a quake crazy coincidence that's insane i'm excited yeah, I'm like, was, i didn't listen to because i listened to the 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 original release i'm going back to that that's, oh yeah that's wild and, man and apparently i don't know if it was snowy white or scott gorham but when they were covering it one of them was was having trouble getting the the riff down and mm. her dad was just like oh yeah you just like do this and he couldn't like really so Holy all shit. of it was like very like wait what what and then like your dad has one he's a musician and he has his own Wikipedia page I never and he I was covered by Thin Lizzy Holy shit I never fucking knew Hillary you're awesome God damn it <laughs> But aside from that Alex is worse I don't think it's the worst but it definitely has some strange strange aspects uh, But now we are on to the very last album Big beefy oh, yeah. fun episode. I wonder how Alex feels about this next one by process of illumination. This is 1983's Thunder and Lightning. It's so exciting. So oh god damn. <laughs> I'm gonna try and connect my phone to the charger before it dies. We'll see how it works. Someone was just hell of the night when every heart was born. Oh, I 
damn. Uh, All right. First time I heard this song, I was laughing. Like, it's kind of juvenile lyrics. Yeah. And I just love, like, the god damn. Like, he's this, like, forcing it out. Oh, yeah. he's 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 got the fury, dude. It hits you like a hammer. Like, one of their fastest songs. Um, obvious. I I think this may be a controversial opinion. Originally, I was just going to give this personal favorite. Yeah. But after some soul searching, I'm like, it's clearly the best. Interesting. I, I mean, no disrespect to uh, uh, Robertson or that classic Thin Lizzy lineup. But I love almost every song on here. Every song does it for me. Uh-huh. Dude, and the solos on this album are the, bananas. Insane. Insane. Like uh, the guitarist they have on here, John Sykes, I think is how his name is pronounced. Mm-hmm. Fucking this brings it out of Gorham. Um, very, very underrated album, in my opinion. I, I remember. I I forget where I heard it. I heard Cold Sweat. And I'm like, Cold Sweat, fucking amazing, hard-hitting song, crazy guitar solo. Let me see what else is popping off on this album. Thunder and Lightning. Uh, and I'm just like, how come no one talks about this album? Rarely. I don't know. But I will say this this album is it's kind of a complete anomaly in the grand scheme of Thin Lizzy albums. It's it really is complete heavy metal from beginning to end. It's it's just a metal album, and like the title track, uh, like the main riff is just two chords, which is pretty like you know we've heard that before. Uh, but the presentation is just it's great. the The keyboard solo is ridiculous. Then the guitar solo comes in and it's equally ridiculous. And like if you're if you're this- if you're into like the thin Lizzy guitar minis that we've all, you know, we've grown to love, there's not that here. It is now uh straightforward more, heavy metal uh back and forth shred fests. It's it's more noisy. Um I've read things that call it Van Halen, probably influenced by Van Halen, yeah. but um it's definitely man, that this, yeah. This sh- this shit shreds. I think saying goddamn in the title track is an appropriate yeah. uh vibe for the album um even even like the sun goes down probably the mellowest track on yeah. here like i'm not a fan for that eh, one. yeah i like the bass line on there and to me i think it's the right amount of like 80s cheese on there uh-huh. i love it i think the holy war is a very underrated thin lizzy song uh the holy war i don't throw remember it i'm gonna throw that bitch on right now this is the holy war Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a good song. <laughs> oh, damn! It's so '80s metal, but it's fucking working. It's working for me. I think part of it is the fact that uh, Phil doesn't have like the, the cheesy like metal vocals. No, his his Phil vocals and. We'll say also about his vocals. He, he's he's as rough as he was on the last time, where his voice is gone. Like it's they're as rough as the last time, but like 
the songs on here are so loud and chaotic, chaotic that they they compensate for them, so you don't really you know you don't notice it hardly at all. But it is very you know he's not a Bruce Dickinson howler, so it's mm-hmm. it's an interesting mix. Well, but yeah, I think like uh, the Holy War could have easily been any. Well, not easily because they have that guitar sound and the, the dope bass. But if you take like a, a, a standard '80s metal band like your Rat or Skid Row, and you throw those vocals on yeah. top of it, not a good song anymore. Yeah, and that's actually one thing uh, I'll point out about this album. It's like if this was, it's it's like novel for. Thin Lizzy. It's like, it's not like if this was a regular heavy metal album, like from a, a, a band that we know as a heavy metal band, it would probably just be okay. It'd probably just be de- mm-hmm. decent, but because it's Thin Lizzy and it's completely unexpected and it's novel for Thin Lizzy, it's like, oh, this is just a crazy fucking Thin Lizzy album. Then it suddenly becomes it, really good. It's a wild thing to follow up Renegade with. It's like they knew, yeah. Renegade, they knew Renegade sucked. Yeah. And they're like, we're going to like come back with a fury and uh unfortunately you know due to the album sales and you know personal problems yeah i don't i don't feel like they really wanted to break up but it was just the the drug use and yeah the, the fatigue and, and not really maybe if they were more popular they could have pushed on right, more, right. but this was, uh, you know, this album was followed with the farewell tour because they just kind of felt like they were stuck in a rut. Yeah. And it was this like, man, uh, Gorham and Downey and I mean, Phil needed to get his head straight too, but obviously he didn't, but the other two took, you know, the time to, to get better. And, uh, just, just a bummer. I, I feel like had, had Phil stayed alive, yeah, they most definitely, definitely would have got back together and yeah, yeah, it seems like their, it. Yeah, they would have gotten their due, but uh, yeah, this was like, oh, I guess before I talk about his death, do you have anything else? To- uh, so one problem I did have with this. I, I like the. I think I like the second half more than the first half because the first half was songs, interesting. Yeah, because the first half it's it's just edge heavy edgy song one after the other, and it gets and the songs are are longer, so it's like it gets pretty samey really quickly. Uh, the songs are still really fun and really, really you know kind of crazy, but it wasn't until the second half that like things start getting a little bit more interesting, a little bit more like. Most of it doesn't sound like Thin Lizzy. Like mm-hmm. they don't even line up with uh, line its writing style very much. But uh, the only like, like Bad Habits, I think, kind of is the closest thing to a Thin Lizzy song we get. I still like it. But uh, and then the the second thing is the the solos. They're kind of out of hand. They're so they're, they're they really crank they really to are. eleven, dude. Like uh, some days she's gonna hit back, which I think is a great song. Hell yeah! The, the solos are nonstop. They're just nonstop solo throughout the whole song, and it's not just because, like, if you listen to the, the the first couple albums, Eric Bell was very much a constant soloer. Like mm-hmm. during vocal phrases, he'll be soloing in the background, kind of in the side. Here, they're 
dude, it's full on Eddie Van Halen shredding during every ass. Like it's just, it's a lot. It's a lot. There, there is nothing subtle nothing, about this album. Nothing subtle about it. Uh, and it's like, uh, it's it's too. This whole album is too fucking crazy and fun to not be good. Like, even if you're not like into the into in like. Some ways- it encapsulates the 80s perfectly. It is real self-indulgent. It is. Uh, it's cranked up to an 11. It What, it, what, it, what I feel like, uh, it combines the speed and energy of Chinatown with all the metal aspects that Renegade introduced. Uh, and it goes at it hard. It, it really leans into them pretty hard. And I, it's, it's pretty damn good. I don't know. I think, I think I'm going to go back to this one. I don't think it's their best, but... I still think it's pretty solid. Yeah, I don't know if that's a uh, a uh, a hot take, but in my heart, it's just like the only song I don't like on here is uh, "Baby Please Don't Go." So I'm like, with that, I'm I'm just gonna give it best. Uh, I de- still kind of like that one too. Yeah, they de- they definitely have bigger hits. Yeah. But the metal, like the metal head in me, yeah. Uh, I I just love this album so much. It is a surprisingly consistent album as well. Uh, whereas I can't think of any like aside from I don't care for Sun Goes Down too much. Uh, there's no there's it's not pretty, real stinkers on here. There's not, everything is pretty pretty consistent. I will say the Sun Goes Down is is pretty long and yeah. samey, but. It, it holds my attention for whatever reason. Oh man, what a what a wild band, a wild discography. So, what happened? How did he die? What happened following this album, aside from the, the farewell tour? So they did the farewell tour, and then fast forward three three years, uh, he Lina died of uh, you know complications brought on by the drug usage. She had internal absences. Did I say that right? Uh, Abscesses. Yeah, yeah. Complete lip, uh, multiple organ failure. Like he, he was too far gone. Yeah. And yeah. That's uh, unfortunate. Yeah. He had two kids and it's just mm-hmm. uh, stereotypical rock and roll shit. And uh, it's, it's a shame. They've, they've toured with like bastardized versions of the band. Really? Like if you see them today, it's they have a weird. I'm. It sounds appealing. Like the most current uh, version of the band would have. It's pretty much a Scott Gorm. Yeah. But if they had like Scott Gorm and uh, and Downey, I might be interested. Uh-huh, but uh-huh. I would still be interested because like some of the last shows they played. That's Scott Travis on drums from Judas Priest, who who did the fucking pain. He's most famous for doing the painkiller drums. Well, that that'll do it. That'll do it. And uh, Troy Sanders on bass for Mastodon. Oh, oh, oh! Interesting, interesting. <laughs> I would told. I would see that. I wouldn't be like, oh, I saw Thin Lizzy. I wouldn't call it. That. No, but no. I'm like, that's an interesting lineup. Wait, who's so. on? Who's on vocals? Some some random Irish some random? dude. I I don't know who the fuck he is, but they should let Troy do some songs. Dude, Troy singing Thin Lizzy songs would be weird. It'd be so gruff. I would be interested to hear that. Yeah, 
Uh, Mastodon covered Emerald, if anyone wants to check that out. But does he? I don't even remember if he sings on that. I'm going to have to give it a, mm-hmm. a listen. It's been a while. That's that's crazy. And it's also not surprising that Phil went out the way he did. Uh, th- man, that it, it's always perplexing to me how people really romanticize that whole rock and roll lifestyle. It's like it kind of blows, dude. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. And it's like, it's such a bummer because, um, like I wouldn't call him a failure, but it, it like reminds you of how much the, the music scene has changed. I like to think a band that maybe wasn't doing well in America now, but was still successful in the UK wouldn't be, as like beat down as much as they were because like the the UK never really like stopped caring about them. They Mm -hmm. were always Mm -hmm. pretty prevalent over there. Is this, you know, not doing well in America for some reason was, you know, a nail in the coffin for, for their careers. That's interesting because I think about, although Nick Cave is, Nick Cave is, is wildly successful. uh, Compared to, the his success in the UK, he is relatively not that big in in the states. Like he's still well, big. Now, well, he's still now. huge and he still still sells out and stuff. But I mean, like he's a household name in the UK. Everyone knows okay, who Nick Cave yeah. is in the UK. Whereas I'll, if I ask a, a random person you know, in my neighborhood who Nick Cave is, they have no idea what the fuck I'm talking about. It's kind of be involved with music a little bit at least. Um, That's true. But yeah, it's it's a weird thing. I mean, because it's. As people who live in, in the U.S., it's kind of easy to forget how fucking gigantic it is and how just just how much more money there is here. Uh, if you're yeah. if you're big here, you are making big just everywhere tenfold, tenfold. Yeah, what, what you what you'll make in the U.K. Uh, it's a, it's a big difference, but uh, clearly there's still a massive band. Thin Lizzy, I'm saying. Uh, and clearly still live on in our hearts to some degree. Even these later albums, which I don't think are that bad. And some of them are pretty fucking good. Uh, I some thought of them there so were going to be a lot more stinkers going into yeah, this. Same, same. And yeah, it's not, you know, nothing, nothing cringeworthy. I hate, I only hate one album. I, I thought yeah. I was going to hate a good four or five, but holy shit. So let's recap. Alex, what do you got? So, uh, sorry, I'm like all over the place. My least favorite would be fighting. Uh, doesn't do a whole lot for me. Worst album, Renegade. Lots of snooze fests on there, but Angel of Death and Pressure Will Blow are worth seeking out. And then uh, best personal favorite, the completely unhinged thunder and lightning such wild picks uh same for yeah yeah yeah. no anyone who was like trying to predict our picks on this probably failed miserably yeah yeah no overlap whatsoever uh thin lizzie self-titled 1971 that's my personal favorite Uh, i think early thin lizzie is very interesting completely different band but i think this is the best showcase of that i love it uh Nightlife, 1974, worst. Uh, that's the only album that I really, truly hate. It says just no, just no, thank you. Uh, and Bad Reputation, 1977. That is what I believe the best album is. It's 
it is very much the Thin Lizzy sound, but just the most consistent. There's very few stingers on there. It's it's not maybe it doesn't have the the peaks that Black Rose or Jailbreak or Vagabonds has, but from beginning to end, I think it's solid and a solid band overall. Uh, like, fuck I, like I said when we started this, one of the most underrated yeah. classic rock bands. I think so. In the business. And if this if this video doesn't or this this episode does not make it big, then you're all you're all contributing to the problem, okay? Then Lizzie's <laughs> fucking wonderful. Uh so yeah, now that we're done, please share this if you would like. Uh tell a friend, you know, subscribe on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you know, all the things if you whatever. Uh and kind of like how uh at the top of the episode, Casey sent some uh some thoughts about then Lizzie. If you want to contribute, you know, book club style, send your your picks for best and worst, whatever uh, you can follow. Or just overall thoughts overall about thoughts. the band in general. Yeah, just any general thoughts you can uh, participate. You know, find out who we're who we're currently listening to by following me on Instagram at Pope Joseph Ventura, as well as Alex at Mother Puncher. And if you have any any thoughts or whatever, you can send all of them to everyalmember at gmail as well as your suggestions for artists uh, for us to cover in the future. Uh, after this episode. Or maybe, maybe not. There is either way. There is a Spotify playlist full of uh, about 712 Thin Lizzy songs. Uh, you can find yes. a link in the description of wherever you're listening or watching, as well as everyalmember.com. There's a playlist associated with every single episode. Uh, so, with having uh, done all the plugs and all that stuff, Alex, I feel you are in charge of this last song. What am I plugging in post? What are we going to listen to? First of all, thank you. So I had about five or six songs written down yep. when we started. But I think uh, going through it and talking, uh, I've whittled it down and I, I got to do Black Rose. I had a feeling. I had a feeling. It's, it's, it's the best. It was it was not an easy choice to make. Like I said, I didn't know when we started this, mm. but I just think through our, our uh, just talking about it, we got to go that song. I agree. A wonderful choice. So thank you for uh, listening and watching, everybody. See ya.